Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. So as I decided to go to America for Canada, from Canada on the 16th of September, Justin Trudeau decided to make things hard for me as and when I come back to Canada in the next month. And um, a few days ago, I was at a talk where I was invited as a speaker by the Coalition of Hindus of North America. And it was at that time that I had met Daniel. And uh, Daniel also spoke and addressed uh, the audience on that day. And I recently, Daniel's been in the news when it comes to the whole Justin Trudeau kerfuffle with India. And I reached out to Daniel. I was like, hey, man, it's time we spoke officially. So here he is. Daniel, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the ride. I mean, as soon as I saw what Justin Trudeau did, I was just like, oh, oh this 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 isn't going well. I I put out a what the f tweet. It was quite spicy, and then that got retweeted. Got retweeted to some major BJP people, and then I'm like, okay. And then I just woke up the next morning. I just had it in my head. I was just like so frustrated with Trudeau and, and this whole thing. I'm like, all right, I'm doing like a 101 thing. I was just like thinking of it. I just like grabbed the coffee in the morning and just ripped it. Like, like all right, here's it. And that was like the 14 minute video. That's what went like the super viral. And then like, you know, Indian TV and my my thing with Rajdeep and 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 just more and more. And then it, it's sort of in this whirlwind where, you know, I, I have, a, a, you know, a bunch of just, I wake up every morning or go to bed and I wake up. It's just like WhatsApp, just people just like, it's like I'm a, pre, it's like I'm a pretty girl in a dating app. Just the deal. <laughs> Uh, just, just, just every morning. So if you, if you are an Indian TV producer and we've scheduled a thing, like you do need to send me a zoom like 10 minutes beforehand, because it's just constantly, um, just, just pouring down, uh, it, it, it's raining, but it, it's great. I, I'm having a lot of fun yelling at our government. Um, I've been doing that for years, but India is now new to like, what the, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, you know, you had the 2018 where it was like, what is this guy doing? But now it's like, what is he doing? Um, which are two separate levels of Justin Trudeau, uh, which we can parse. But yeah, that's 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 me. You want a bit of background of where I am? I'm, yeah. I'm actually... So tell everybody where you're from, where uh, what you do, uh, because nobody knows. They just keep hearing just came you right now. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, it's just me, just to like in a in a random T-shirt, just on Indian news, saying ridiculous things, like <laughs> just about all these serious people. Me, so. I'm I'm a stand-up comedian by trade. I was I went into stand-up comedy at Queen's University. I was like, yeah, I finished with a psych degree, never used that. But then I was like a comedian and like a tour guide for a while. And then in 2015, um, things started to get crazy in Canada, like free speech laws. We had a, a comedian go to the Supreme Court for telling a joke. It was crazy. So I met a, a political prisoner, refugee, other comedian from Iran. And like we, we were political nerds. Like I've always been, you know, very, very cool. Like I, I have multiple math awards from middle school guys. So we, we just went ham and like geopolitics. We went into that space. Um, that went well. I, I ended up working at tag TV, the, uh, and then co-founding the national telegraph. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm also a standard comedian at night. So it's, it's this weird thing where I, where I have these like weird journalistic credentials on these geopolitical things like in Iran, uh, now India, um, it, it, it's this weird thing. And then at nights I'm like, you know, telling jokes. So some people might know me since like 2019 when I weighed in the article 370 stuff. That was like mm -hmm. my first uh, big thing in India when I was just like, what's Pakistan talking about here? Um, they were not happy. Uh, but then, yeah, so I've just, I've kind of been in the, a lot of different 
spheres for a while. And I, again, I, I was at Kona, so I've known some of the Hindu activists for, for some work. And then it just kind of exploded a couple of days ago when I made that video. Um, and then all the people asking me to come on TV and then me just being a ridiculous human being on Indian TV, which is some, it was like half serious and half the time it was like Canada's a joke because it is like, there's no way to take Canada seriously um, in, in 2023. It's impossible. So that's also why it's like, why isn't this guy wearing a suit? He's like, I'm coming on to talk about Canada. I was coming to talk about like geopolitical re relations with America or Iran and the Middle East. I would wear a suit to on Indian television. But if it's Canada, it, like it, 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 there, there is some, some method to this madness of, 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 of signaling to like, guys, calm down. It's just Canada. It's not a real place. Just pretend it doesn't exist. All right. I always tell Indian people, like if you're in India and you're mad at Canada right now, best thing I can do, just pretend it's a TV show. Just every time you see Justin Trudeau get on TV, just pretend this is another episode of Canada. Like, what's he going to do now? Um, what's he going to say? Is he going to do the thing again where he calls himself a genocidal leader and we have to pretend he's a genocidal maniac for a while? Who knows? What's he going to apologize for? Which cabinet minister is he sleeping with? Like, just treat it like a soap opera or a comedy or a dramedy. I think a dramedy would be the best frame of mind to have for Canada. And and that's that's the message I'm trying to get out to the world is. You can't take Justin Trudeau at his word in, in 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 any reasonable capacity. And yeah, it kind of sucks that he went on TV and accused Nendra Modi um, of of a clandestine assassination plot without any public evidence being put forward. But again, it, that's just standard Justin Trudeau Canada. None of it makes sense. None of it. None of it is 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 serious. None of it is adult. There are no adults left in the room. So here we are. But hang on, he slept with a, a minister more than once. Which now I didn't know about this. Well, I mean that that's always the rumor on Justin Trudeau is he's uh, with the the ministers, and it's not just the ladies uh, where the rumors go. I mean, um, I, I I do have it on, on uh, like thing and no one's like we're Canada, so it's fine. It's not like oh get him, he's a thing. But it's like yeah, and now he's divorced his wife, which we all saw coming for from a mile away. Um, yeah, and you know, so he's open to date someone within cabinet. I just. Uh, my 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 bets is like, will it be Seamus O'Regan or Melanie Jolie? That's that's where I'm at right now, um, and that's a very funny comment if you understand like deep level Canadian politics. But it's <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So okay, so that I, I guess that's that's my background and how we got here. Is that a yes? So so uh, maybe we can do a Canadian politics 101 first for the okay. for the kids who are going to be watching this or listening to this audio version so give everybody a Canadian politics 101 what are the different political parties how do they differ from each other and uh, who's the more most good looking one okay um Canada is a parliamentary system we run on a first past the post election system which means of all the parties whoever gets the most votes wins that particular seat 338 seats so you can theoretically win with 10% of the vote if everyone else gets 9%. Um, no one's ever won a 10%, but it's just what it is. So from, let's say, right to left in Canada, um, like the people say, they'll yell at me if I don't mention the PPC. PPC is a new party. It's more of a protest movement. There's a guy, Maxine Bernie, running around. They might make more noise on social media, and you're like, who are these guys? They're not a serious party. They're not even trying to win elections. Um, they're 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 more of a rally at this point, and I, I like a lot of the independent people who ran, but the leader uh, uh, Maxine Bernie and I don't really see eye to eye or get along. Um, so you then have of the serious parties, there are three now. 
The Conservative Party, which is like the center-right party, leader Pierre Polyev, they're pretty good at foreign policy um, historically. This is Stephen Harper. I've spoken to many of them, you know, especially on, you know, Iran, Middle Eastern issues. Um, I have not yet fully picked their brains recently on on uh, the Khalistani nonsense. Um, it's hard to get a hold of them these days, but I, I will get back. Now, I, I, will, I will not, I will say all three major political parties are not free from political interference uh, uh, attempts. There have been attempts by different sects of radical Khalistanis to, to try and get into every different political parties. Some have been success, more successful other places than not. So the conservatives are your sort of center right, but it's very Canadian. They're not like against gay marriage or they're not trying to, you know, legislate on abortion or any of that. It's more sort of fiscal conservative, bring us back, lower the taxes and the carp. Like that, that's sort of the rhetoric there is like, you know, economic stability is their big push there. Then you have the middle party, which is the liberals. Now the liberals used to be more moderate before Justin Trudeau, before Stephen Harper, uh, John Kretchen, Paul Martin. These guys balanced budgets. They were a bit more progressive, but like John Kretchen was probably more conservative philosophically than Pierre Polyev, who's sort of a, the leader sort of on that libertarian conservative bent. So the liberals now are ideologically progressive. They're, they're hard left. It's a cult of personality for Justin Trudeau. All the adults have been kicked out of the room. Um, and it's, it's sort of your, it, it's a gender studies class. I mean, the liberal party is a gender studies class. You then have the NDP run by Jagmeet Singh, um, who is uh, the representative of the Khalistan province in Canada. And <laughs> he, he, he's, the, the NDP used to be like a workers party, but Jagmeet, once he got over, once became the, the Jagmeet show, it's become a sort of party for 20 year old university girls who took one course on, you know, develop whatever, whatever, whatever studies, and now think they understand the world. That's what it's for. So there's this like ignored working class union worker thing in Canada. That's a big, uh, whatever. And then you have the Bloc Quebecois, which is like a Quebec specific party. They're French. They don't even try and understand the French. You go mad. Uh, you have the green party They're They're like the, the, they're not that big. They have two seats though. They, 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 they're another cult of personality for Elizabeth May. Um, the green party's policy can be summed up as basically trees are good, Jews are bad. That's the green party in a nutshell. It's, you know, the, just a, a wacky left wing, you know, save the environment, anti-human, but like infiltrated by crazy deep racist, like Russian, like it's a mess. Uh, so that's the Canadian political spectrum. Uh, and, and when you go to vote, like those are your options. And I will say you can't vote for the Bloc Quebecois in Ontario. They only run in Quebec. Um, but they, they do get a good amount of seats in Quebec. So this is the Canadian political landscape. If you have a majority, you can pretty much rule with an iron fist, but the Liberals don't have a majority right now. They have a minority. They don't have over 50%, but the Liberals combined with the NDP now make a majority. So it's much worse than a Liberal majority. You have a Liberal government that must kowtow to Jagmeet and the NDP. So how does this play out? Well, when it comes to certain things like foreign policy directed at India, when the second most powerful man in the country is ideologically a Khalistani, it doesn't lead to productive relations with uh, the Indian government, to say the least. Yeah. So, so what is interesting in the entire discussion on Canada is people often compare the Canadian Conservative Party to the Republican Party of America. Can you explain to people how different the two are? They are incredibly different. I mean, but one of the big things in Canada and the Canadian media and center-left media is scaremongering over America, right? 
So this is an American talking point. Look, the conservatives, like if a, listen, conservative ministers and, and high ranking party officials, when they go to America, they will meet and talk with Republicans because that's how things work. But in Canada, they'll take a picture of the two of them together and create a, an insane conspiracy. Um, but the Republicans, again, like there's a much more pro-life bent. Um, the, the way the, pri the primary system is much more open so that the people can kind of choose the, the leader of the conservative, uh, the Republicans, uh, a lot more. Whereas the parties in Canada have a lot more internal control on the dem democratic mechanisms in their party. Like there are, no, there are no laws against vote fixing or anything internally in the parties. Like it's sort of... So the, the political establishment kind of uh, has to okay a leader. Uh, you're not going to get a Donald Trump coming out of nowhere in, in, in the Canadian politics. Like a party would shut that down and, 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 and wipe it away and, and just disqualify him without cause and, or, or for spurious cause. And, and, and that's the end of that. So the conservatives are, you could say, yeah, yeah, more what you would say classically, you know, to the left of, of the Republican Party. And also, like, Canadian interests and, and American interests do manifest differently. Like, we're similar in the sense we, same TV, similar culture, but also very different in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and the Conservative Party uh, does reflect that of Canada. Like, the, the, there is no sort of isolation is bent, built up in the Conservative Party. Like, they're all your sort of, you know, classic wear a suit, you know, the, the, the people who are going ballistic in the comments section right now, uh, they would call them neocons. The, the, um, uh, evil uh, neocons, but that that's sort of more where the conservative party is. It's more the um, classic, like have, you know, solid geopolitical thinking, allies are good, enemies are bad, like not allies are bad, enemies are good, which is our current um, uh, philosophy for, for some unknown reason. Yeah. And, and you know what the fascinating bit is that uh, I first uh, came to Canada in 2001. And when I came across the Canadian Conservatives, I thought they were the left-leaning party of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're also, um, if you want to understand the Conservatives, a big thing in the Conservative Party is they're all, most of them are cowards. They're absolute cowards. Um, accusations of racism don't work on the Liberal Party. Like the Liberal Party can, outright, like Justin Trudeau could, I think Justin Trudeau could outright paint his entire face black. Stick a banana down his pants. Dance around on stage singing Deo, Deo, daylight come and you want to go home and get away with it. And for anyone who wants to think that's a joke, in Canada, Justin Trudeau actually painted his entire face black, yeah. stuck a banana down his pants and did that. And that's not the only time he's done blackface. He's done blackface so many times he's lost count. So the accusations of racism just don't work on the Liberal Party, but they work on the Conservative Party. The Conservative Party is terrified of being called a racist. So they can be kowtowed and 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 bullied into almost anything. Pierre Polyev seems better than normal. Aaron O'Toole was the worst at this, the leader before him, absolute disaster. Polyev is sort of came to problems because he has a bit more charisma. He can make a five-minute video about an economic issue and get people to actually engage with it. Um, he's shown mm -hmm. to sort of stand on some principles here and there. Now people will will yell, oh, he, where was he on these gender protests? Where was he here? Where was he on these, you know, more things? You know. No one's perfect, and I, and I don't defend the Conservative Party when they're wrong, but if you just want an overview of, of how Canadian politics operate, Conservatives are scared of their own shadow, and they need a focus group to tell them any everything they need to do. Conservative Party members, I, I, I don't think they're capable of wiping their own ass unless they can contact a focus group to say that, you know, 74% of Canadians would agree with this decision uh, going forward. Or, like, it's... So the Conservative Party has sort of a time 
lapse delay to respond to a lot of things because they need their polling data to, to not um, hurt anyone's feelings or do anything too crazy. Um, that's, that, that, that's another element of Canadian politics. So it's been um, since Monday, since Justin Trudeau basically said what he wanted to say to get away from it. Like, I, I've not checked the news since morning. So have the Canadians finally provided any evidence? Publicly, no. We are still on the, you got to trust me, bro, um, system oh. of, 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 of foreign policy. Uh, <laughs> pioneered by the great uh, Winston Churchill when he, you know, you know, it's, it, no, no, this, this is, this is insanity. Again, I, I said, I said from the beginning, if you're going to start a fight with an ally, one, don't. Two, if you're going to do it because our allies have the same alliances that we have, which means when we say India conducted a clandestine operation on Canadian soil, our allies have to believe us and back us. But when India says we unequivocally deny that, we did not do this, they're lying, their allies have to believe them. But they're the same people now. So who, who, who do we trust? Who is this going to go to? Is it going to go to Justin Trudeau when he says, I'm not providing any public evidence. You just got to believe me that this guy, Calistani leader on TV with the da 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 whose friends are all going kill, 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 kill. Oh, he's a religious leader and this is a great violation of sovereignty. Because again, it matters who gets killed in the international community. Not, you could say not so much to Canada because it's a matter of sovereignty and, and whatever. But to the Americans, it matters who gets killed here because public perception matters. I, I, I've given this example. You know, um, uh, Niger, he, he is what he is. And he is fundamentally different than if there was like a, a beautiful 12-year-old girl, you know, in a Calistan dress. The um, Little Miss Calistan is just twirling in a field talking about peace, love, and seek independence. And then the next day she's gunned down, right? That's something the international community would be like, who killed her? But the guy who's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, kill, 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 kill. And when we know that Kalistanis are involved often in gang violence and the, the, his funeral, Kalistani flags waving everywhere, his friends, again, continuing with the Hindus get out of Canada, kill, kill, kill. You know, like, it, it's, it's not going to get the same geopolitical reaction because naturally, you know, you're not going to get public support for someone who, it's not, in the CBC will never show the Interpol red note notice out for him, but Fox News will. CNN probably will. Like they don't have any interest in keeping Justin Trudeau in power. Um, so th there's th this. This is just bad geopolitics. If you want to learn geopolitics, follow this situation. Write down everything Canada has done, and then when you lead a country, do the opposite. And 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 that's the best. That that that's that's better than any four year program at a fancy university in the West could get you. So so how much does an average Canadian, in your opinion, you know? You meet so many average Canadians. I've met so many in my stay there and my traveling back and forth. How much do you think they understand what this uh, gang problem is inside a section of the Punjabi Sikh community, the Jat Sikh community for people who want it to be narrowed down to the core of the problem? How many people know this in, in Canada? Do they even understand what they're dealing with? Uh, I, I majority no, um, no. I, I would say no. The mainstream media certainly. I mean, again, Hardison uh, Nadir uh, is a religious leader and human rights activist in the CBC Toronto Star, 
And the Toronto Star's number one circulated newspaper, CBC, is like the government news network that all Canadians um, pay for uh, against their will for half of us. Um, and and again, we, Canadians don't like um, controversial topics, maybe, the way to say it. Because especially inter-community minority stuff, we, we don't want to pretend that that's a thing, right? Because we're a center-left country ideologically, and we want to pretend that Systemic racism is the big problem, right? There's this vestigial racism left over from the British Empire that oppresses people uh, based on skin tone. And did that exist in 18-whatever-whatever through 1950s? Yeah, I'm not saying that's the thing, but there are much bigger problems in the modern world when it comes to discrimination. And especially in Canada, it's the groups that we've allowed with impunity to foment radicalism against other minority groups because... Canadian society, I think, was too polite and too scared to call out because most Canadians, they see Khalistani versus, the, in, like, they go Hindu, Sikh, and they don't know who the bad guy is. They, there's no easy answer. There's no, again, I've always got to think, if I, in Canada, if I went on a, a tirade about, you know, killing you and, 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 and Hindus, jail, right? Jail. It, it's very easy to understand me, bad guy, killing wrong. But... When it's Kalistani, Panu, and, and friends threatening to kill you, we all get a bit scared and want to dig our head in the sand. We, we don't want to talk about gang violence. The liberals don't want to ever talk about gang violence because they want to ban guns and they want to pretend that guns commit crimes and, and that the, the problem with gun violence is actually a gang problem. Um, so they, they don't really want to deal with it. Also, the, you know, Kalistani-affiliated human rights organizations um, they will scream. They, they get free access to our to our TV networks. So there is a cabal of of people lined up and ready to go. That if you call out this gang violence problem, if you call out the Palestinian problem, you call out whatever problem, deploy the you know World Seek organization on every major news network to tell you that you're wrong, you're racist, um, is bigotry, and it's really unfortunate because the 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 method of the Palestinians is like all other radical elements is hide themselves in, in the shroud of Sikhism, say they're Sikh human rights activists, Sikh religious leaders, advocate and foment violence to muddy that up with the rest of the Sikh population. So when there is blowback, it goes to the more general Sikh population. They feel like they're discriminated against. When you feel discriminated against, you look for a more in-group to go to because that's basic human nature. And then the Kalistani movement can grow. And this is a really nefarious and noxious um, a process. And, and again, it's not just the Kalistanis, you know, Islamists too, uh, you know, all ideological hard, hardliners do love this tactic of, of, of glomming onto often religious groups or different movements, declaring themselves sort of part of it to hide their, um, you, know, you know, radical inclinations. And, and it's really, really, really toxic because again, like I'll say, like, I'll say, like I, I've been all over Indian media, okay? Every major news Indian network, it went viral. No Canadian mainstream media is even contacting me. The one Canadian network, um, it's a radio network, that allowed me on their program, owned by Sikhs. So that's sort of a microcosm of what we're dealing with. No, no. You know what fascinates me, Daniel, is that there is this open video about uh, one of the major uh, allies of the current uh, government in power, the Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, ally, is this man Jigmeet Singh, all right? Um, and, I, and I think it's very important we play this uh, two-minute, 20-second clip shared by someone on Twitter so that people understand 
what it is because i know a lot of people who follow you might be watching this too so maybe they don't know what jagmeet singh is so let's play this was how revolutionary they were to come up with these ideas they're very i say the like gangster ideas right they're, they're they were ultimate revolutionaries it is about six spaces and six institutions and it endorses violence as a legitimate form of resistance and survival Jagmeet Singh, born Jimmy Dhaliwal, is no stranger to extremist ideology. In February 2016, Mr. Jagmeet Singh was a featured speaker at the National Sikh Youth Federation, NSYF, in Southall, London, UK. This organization's leader, Mr. Shamshir Singh, has made statements regarding the use of violent means to achieve their aims. Armed struggle is the only way. Um, investing in armed struggle and destabilizing in India. Yes, violent means to to achieve their aims, the ends justify their means. We have to create our independent country. So there will be violence when Khalistan is created, but this is inevitable. These statements by Mr. Shamshir Singh were made as part of NSYF's official videos and previous to Mr. Jagmi Singh accepting not only an invite, but also to be a featured speaker on the panel at the February 2016 event. One is about sovereignty explicitly and uncompromised. It endorses the superiority of our culture, our language, and our ideals. It is about sick spaces and sick institutions. And it endorses violence as a legitimate form of resistance and survival to rebuild and to become Azad. It is noteworthy that Mr. Jagmeet Singh did not reject or rebut the message that Mr. Shamshir Singh made regarding violent means as an end to gaining sovereignty. In fact, in 2018, Mr. Jagmeet Singh doubled down. And you're standing beside a, an individual who reportedly said that Sikh uh, self-determination required taking up arms. Well, again, there, there's a complexity to the situation. The issue is complex, and it's not easy to say I agree or disagree with that. It's important to understand the, the, the complexity of the scenario. Legacy Media only brought up his speech at a 2015 San Francisco Kalistani rally, but interestingly enough, neglected to show or mention the February 2016 video clip of his close association to Mr. Shamshir Singh. Mr. Jagmeet Singh is unrepentant. Do you regret going to those rallies now? No, I would, I would go in the future. So he would go again. <clears throat> He had said, obviously, he walked it all back later on and he said he regrets this and he condemns the, 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 the people involved in the bombings. But what is very interesting and is often missed in this entire thing is there was another person who was also sitting in the audience in this video and that person's name is Ravi Singh and he is the part of another organization called Khalsa Aid. Okay. And, and, and these are all intertwined. <clears throat> this is the entire network. Somebody does something. Somebody does the fighting for human rights uh, lawyer bit. Somebody does, oh, we're just doing charity work. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the, the charity. I, 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 I'm sort of familiar, not with, the, I'm, I mean, I'm more familiar with the bird's eye view of the Calistanis, not so much the intricacies. I do know they run in the same circles as, as the Muslim Brotherhood and, 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 and other radicals, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a catastrophe. I will say on the, the Jagmeet Singh thing, I will big up, big ups to my uh, colleague, Wyatt Claypool. So his first thing on, on Indian television before him, this is the most gangster thing, most Wyatt thing ever. And, and for Canadians, you're Canadian political nerds. You're going to love this, but I'll explain it. So Jagmeet's the current leader of the NDP. So the former leader of the NDP, Tom Mulcair was on before Wyatt. And he was fielding questions about Jagmeet Singh. Is he a Khalistani? And he said, no, Jagmeet Singh has denied it. And I believe him. He's not a Khalistani. 
And then White gets on the next segment, asks the question. She's like, no, 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 we're going to go over it. Like, he's lying. Like, it took Jagmeet Singh three times to admit that it was a, that the Air India bombing was a bad thing, which was a thing. Like, you can, you can watch this. Like, he, it took him three tries to say blowing up an airline full of civilians was a bad thing and not a conspiracy done by the Indian government. So Wyatt just like went off and like, you know, just absolutely wrecked uh, Tom Mulcair, who was like this, you know, mainstream political figure, it's like who's now a pundit. And it was it was just so beautiful to watch. I was laughing, you know, and it was, it was great. So so big ups to Wyatt for for absolutely shredding that narrative on Indian television, the first sh shot he got. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is Canada where you have a leader of a political opposition who has legit power because they're in a quasi-coalition. Mm -hmm. And here he is advocating for ethnic violence, which I thought it is a bad thing. I thought racism bad. And, you know, ethnic violence also bad. But here he supports it. So, again, like, I, this is why I, I'm so gaslit. Like, you know, I'm on the right wing in Canada, whatever, and I'm, that this makes me racist. And who's calling me racist? The man who wants to, who, who supports killing all the Hindus or killing some Hindus, right? I don't support mass murder of anyone. And it, I, every time someone asks me about mass murder, is it good or bad? I can, on the first try, every time say mass murder is bad. And like, uh, of name name the particular religious group uh, that you want to mass murder, and I can I can take the opposite view of don't mass murder. Like I'm pretty good at it, as as I think most people are, but not Jagmeet. And the so Jagmeet, the man who's who's advocate who who's fine with blowing up a plane full of Hindus, and Justin Trudeau, who's in blackface, banana down the pants. These two are the ones who are fighting systemic racism. In like again, this is the industrial level gaslighting that is Canadian politics. So this is why I tell people in, in India: if you try, if you try and learn Canadian politics too much and take it seriously, like <laughs> the serious country, you will go insane. So <laughs> less serious there, but yeah. You, you know what is fascinating about uh, Jigmeet Singh in particular? Uh, he recently was asked a question by someone on the recent attacks. Uh, did you see this uh, this interview? I don't know if you've seen this one. I I'm not sure. But uh, it's it's a very interesting clip where Jagmeet uh, uh, was asked a question about the recent temple attacks. I don't know if you've seen this. Did you see this? Have I have not seen, seen this one? yet. No. Oh, so you're going to love this. Oh, I'm, gonna some, I'm, I'm ready to lose some brain cells. Let's go. Uh, let's Let's go. Hello, and today I'm with... Jagmeet Singh. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. May I ask you, what are your thoughts about the recent Khalistani attack on the Hindu temple in Surrey? Uh, we're opposed to any violence against communities. Uh, communities shouldn't, like, we don't want to see violence against people. That's always wrong. Uh, and anytime there is those type of disruptions or violence or communities are fighting each other, we lose sight of a real goal, which is to tackle the inequality in society. The fact that the super rich keep on getting richer and making everyone else fall behind. The fact that our grocery prices keep on going up and working people are struggling. So when we're when there's uh, violence or struggles between communities, we lose sight of the bigger problems, which are the problems that we all are in, in the fight together. And in your opinion, uh, what impact these incidents might have on relations between Canada and India? Now the fun starts. Well, in terms of uh, relationships with India, I think India is a country that... It has a very abysmal human rights track record. And we've been long calling for uh, um, a strong sanction and strong uh, language that condemns the 
abuses of human rights, whether it's treatment of women in, in India systemically, there's abuse of, of the rights of women, whether it's the abuse of rights of, of minority communities based on religion, based on caste, there continues to be uh, ongoing systemic violence. And the current government is a government that is clearly promoting a very uh, divisive rhetoric. They're designing and building a country where there are uh, promoting violence against minority communities, promoting a uh, a country that is not welcoming to people that are that are different, and that is a very big problem. And Canada and other international community members, countries should condemn that type of policy that is divisive, that is that is dividing people, and that is based on uh, oppressing minority communities. That should be condemned. Thank you so much. Thank you. So just think about it. This this man this third of a human being um as you can see my name is hagmeet kadushman now let me explain it for the canadians i, I knew there was I something there the... i i was waiting <laughs> yes so 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 jigmeet if you remember how he would introduce himself to his white audiences in canada he would say just you know how you say jug yeah i'm hug <laughs> right now now here's the problem hug <clears throat> in my language which is also jigmeet's language <laughs> which is hindi punjabi means shit <laughs> literally it literally means poop so that's why i say i am hagmeet ka dushman as in i am the enemy of jigmeet singh now the prop no, look at we have played it. these two clips these two clips right and uh, look at the irony he she the 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 reporter the journalist asked what do you make of the khalistani attacks on the hindu temples he did not did you notice in the entire clip he does not use the use the word khalistani he refuses to use the word khalistani he does not he avoids it like a plague yeah because he's a khalistani i mean i mean yeah. so okay so i i i will say after what that clip i'm down about 10 iq points right now so i i i apologize for the rest of this podcast being subpar but yeah it's insane oh the problem you know the real problem with khalistani extremists attacking hindus is it means we can't be talking about socializing grocery stores. Don't you know? Like, th this is the most judgment thing I've seen. Like, well, the real problem is we need to be working together towards more uh, socialism. Yeah, and listen, if you're going to ransack a Hindu temple, at least spray some graffiti that, you know, Galen Weston makes too much money. Like, and this is another, and then, and then he goes off on, on India, which is an abysmal human rights track record. Like, not perfect, no country is, but relative scale to to the countries in the region let's just turn around to the map india pakistan hmm there bangladesh you want to get killed with a machete for giving a, a, a an atheistic opinion oh myanmar that's a functioning nation right now china ooh, that's another uh concentration camp built afghanistan oh yes the taliban a noted feminist organization the taliban and okay then uh, sri lanka which never had any conflicts or ethnic violence ever. Um, and like, what are we doing? What are we doing? The, the human rights record of India compared to literally every country that it borders or, or one is, 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 is unequivocally better. And again, not perfect. Canada's human rights record, no country has a perfect record because we are made of millions or in some cases, billions of people. And some of our countries or civilizations have lasted for like 200 or 150 years, 5,000. Like, yeah. Okay, you know what? In 1357, there was a Hindu guy somewhere in what is now Mumbai, and he was very racist and very homophobic, and he was very mean to women. 
Sure. Okay. But like again, the the if but this is this is this is a man who's clearly ideologically Khalistani and is doing everything he can to undermine the nation of India using his position of power in Canada. And it's frustrating, it's annoying, and I don't want my political leaders spending their time fomenting ethnic tension and international, you know, relations breaking down because of their hardline ide ideological nonsense. Like, get that out of our politics. Like, yeah, we're all allowed to have our 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 our, our things. Like, you know, I'm shockingly, I'm far more pro-Israel than I am pro-Palestine, right? But it, like, if I was in office, you know, my my job is not to like, you know, eliminate the Palestinians and 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 glory. It's like, no, Canada, Canada, do what's good for Canada, and you know leave that behind and yeah you can talk about human rights records if you want um there's, there's nothing essentially wrong with that but this this is a man who's actively trying to undermine a relationship with a with a global power and i see this fight between india and canada as, as just a fight between india and justin trudeau featuring jagmeet singh like that's or hagmeet singh whatever whatever it is <laughs> So uh, I, I, you, you pronounce it person uh, perfectly. By the way, I mean I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you, 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 you get one Tim Hortons from me for that. <laughs> okay, that's but for India. That's that's our our money is Tim Hortons money. We 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 barter yes. in donuts and coffee in, in Canada. Yes. So if I want yes. to go to my friend's igloo, I would offer him a donut, and then he would give me a cookie in return, a smile cookie, and then this 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 institutes a a bonding relationship among Canadians, and then we go play hockey. So, so, so for the record, uh, I, are you Tim Hortons addict or hater? It used to be a lot better. I'm, I'm one of those. They sold the recipe to the coffee. It's not as good as it used to be. Quality has declined recently. Like, but I'm not. I'm not either. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't like to get into frivolous. Not like I, I hate when people have silly personality traits. Like, I hate Starbucks. I don't do this. Is like that. It's like if I want to. If I need. If I need coffee, like I have a coffee maker at my place, or if I need coffee when I'm out, like I can go to a coffee place. Like. It's 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 an it's an energy thing. It's 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 to keep me up at night so I can yell at Justin Trudeau on morning television in India. That's that's the purpose of coffee is to to let you yell at the government at all times of day. It doesn't need to be that fancy. Like that 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 that's what coffee was designed for in you know 1752 when it was invented by Sarcophius Mafias. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me now. The word on the street in India is that Justin Trudeau does the things he does is because he needs Jagmeet Singh. And so he will say anything to keep, make sure that his government stays in power. How true is that? Um, yeah, I think there there is. Uh, it, it doesn't 100% explain what's going on here. It's not like in politics, it's, it, it's never simple. Like, oh, one thing happened here. This is the driving force of everything. But there is a certain amount of truth to that statement. Uh, let me explain sort of this is Canadian politics 202 now um, to, to explain this quasi coalition. The there has never been a coalition between the Liberals and the NDP for a very good reason for both parties. It's a first past the post system and they, they're kind of splitting votes. The Liberals claim and the way they kind of rule Canada is they, are, they they portray themselves as the moderate. Canadians like Canadians don't like moderate politics and moderate politicians. They love politicians that can be called moderate in the media. Okay, so this image is very important for the liberals to maintain that we're the moderate ones. And in order for that, they have to go look at the conservatives. You know, a conservative in 1974 said the N word. Therefore, they're all racist. 
we're not racist, we're, we're, we're more understanding and left-wing and progressive. Then they got to go turn to their left and say, look at these crazy socialists. They don't understand math. If you vote for them, they'll ruin the country. Come vote for us. We're the reasonable people. That's very important to liberals. Conversely, the NDP, they, in order to survive and gain votes and gain seats and, and keep their party alive, they need to be seen as, we're the outsiders. We're the no, no real Scotsman type thing with the socialism. Socialism has never been tried. They, they, we're going to try it again. Uh, the problem with the liberals and conservatives is they're the same party. They're corporate owned. They're owned by the banks. They're owned by the grocery stores, the whatever, whatever. Bring us into power and we'll be, you know, ultra progressive. If those two uh, people enter into a coalition, it makes the liberals look more radical. And then it makes conservatives able to market themselves as the moderate option to the mainstream. So they get decimated in the election. So this is why a coalition has really never been formed. And it's not an official coalition. They're just working together hand in glove. Because a coalition means there'd be NDP mem members of cabinet. It's a, it's a slight technicality. It's a 99.9% .9 coalition. It destroys both parties because they, they no longer have their narrative. They'll get wrecked in the next election. So And it's going to do long-term damage. But this coalition was a Faustian bargain between Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh, who both benefit. Because Justin Trudeau had so many scandals going. He had just invoked the Emergencies Act on, on peaceful protesters, uh, which, again, the CBC, who's, who's got the evidence on India right now, uh, the a lot of the evidence cited by our intelligence sources to justify the use of the Emergencies Act, like martial law, um, was from a CBC article that ended up being retracted because it was outright asinine. So... I wouldn't be shocked if two weeks from now, that CBC article that you're all mad at, there's se severe edits and, and retractions that go on uh, later down the road uh, because this would be par for the course in Canada. So the, the Jagmeet, uh, uh, Justin, so Justin gets protection from all the scandals. This scandal, Chinese interference scandal, uh, Emergencies Act scandal, because the ruling party sort of gets to make the jury. So they can have a jury of nine people. You know, five of the nine will be liberal or NDP and the other four can be whoever. Oh, what's the jury, right? So Justin Trudeau gets to put himself on trial. What does Jagmeet get out of it? At 2025, Jagmeet qualifies for his pension. So the, the two of them have, have made a deal that, that, that keeps them in power to 2025 or out of jail or out of controversy or consequence-free maybe. And their parties will suffer. So I, I also bring this up because I've seen these two men, Justin and Jagmeet, destroy something that should mean something dear to them, the party they lead, which I don't like those parties, but have some pride, guys. Like You're the leader of this party. I've seen them destroy their own party for personal gain. So would I be so shocked if there was some personal animosity that is bleeding into Canadian foreign policy where it's more about Justin and Jagmeet than it is about Canada? It would not be the first time that happened. Now, I find it very peculiar that, you know, you mentioned the Chinese interference story. Uh, this is, uh, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, this was when one member of parliament from Canada was allegedly shown to be uh, in um, cahoots with the Chinese Communist Party, right? The, this is the story you're talking about, right? It's much bigger. That's one element of it. That was uh, the Han Dong, which was potentially linked to the CCP. There are leaks from intelligence that he was having backroom chats with the Chinese embassy uh, when the two Michaels had been kidnapped on advising them like that. That's a bit crazy. 
there was another thing where we do know that uh, the CCP was um, infiltrating and, and using WeChat to, we do know they've been threatening dissidents and, and we like there are Chinese CCP spies at university and the kids don't feel safe if they're dissidents and the kids can't speak out in class. I have professors who've told me crazy stories. So we had WeChat who would lie about the conservative party saying they're going to revoke visas and, and ban Chinese people and put out a lot of disinformation because the liberals they thought were more friendly. Uh, there's also the end of these Chinese uh, CCP police stations and and liberal donors have been there. Liberal MPs have been at these quasi, like it's it's not good. And and there's it's so it's not just one thing like the, the that there was a Chinese diplomat who had threatened a, the family of a sitting MP and Justin Trudeau wouldn't kick him out until we forced him to. So it's 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 so much there. And in Canada, we're calling for an inquiry, a real inquiry into this. Justin Trudeau launched an inquiry. He appointed an old family friend who's. A, a board member of the Trudeau Foundation to to write a report, David Johnson, uh, and he said, "Oh, you know, uh, the kid who grew up at my cottage, totally innocent, nothing to see here." Um, so we're trying to push for a real inquiry, the, the talk around foreign interference. So this scandal has given the liberals—I don't know if this is intentionally, unintentionally—a good way to muddy the waters around foreign interference by saying, hey, Justin's so strong on foreign interference because he kicked out an Indian diplomat right away. Didn't you want him to kick out a diplomat? Now he's kicking a diplomat. Yeah, I wanted him to kick a diplomat when we had evidence that that diplomat was threatening the family members of, of, of sitting MPs, right? So when you have evidence that a diplomat is threatening and harassing people in your country, yeah, you have to kick them out. When you have no public evidence that there may be a potential link to the Indian government in the killing of a man with an inter Interpol red notice out for him. These are two different scenarios, apples and oranges, but th this stuff is being conflated in, 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 in Canadian media. There are the true anon class. This is the conspiracy theorist for Justin Trudeau who will take anything said, right? They'll take the CBC article and they're interpreting the CBC article to say there's good, there's multiple Canadian intelligence sources and multiple American intelligence sources and the five eyes were in on it. And this, and it's like, that's not what anyone's saying. If you read what the article actually said, it's like someone who is a source to the CBC writer knows people who've heard that that they potentially asked Indian officials about things and they didn't deny it, right? But you don't know the context of what was said and what was there. So this is hearsay. Here's this is like a double hearsay, um, and and this is like this is the smoking gun we have is is double hearsay in which the source is unnamed. So so I mean it, I understand why India is so mad because it's it's gaslighting and it's ridiculous and 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 you have Canadian media figures. Pretending that this is, you know, oh, look, you know, we, we found the smoking gun. Um, you know, I call Inspector Perot. We've we've got we've we've got one here. Like it's it's maddening. And I and, and I, I I empathize with 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 Indians who are waking up to to the, the, the nonsense that is modern political discourse in Canada. But oh it's it's, it's a wild ride. So I <laughs> I don't understand what the Canadians were thinking, right? So first they accuse uh, the Indian government on the House of Commons by no less than the Prime Minister. Then your Foreign Minister, Julie, mm -hmm. she send, uh, says, we have expelled an Indian diplomat. India <clears throat> responds by expelling one. I mean, you should have seen the face of your diplomat. It was a four-minute mm -hmm. in and out. That was, yeah. I mean, India... And see, people need to understand, India never does this. No, I India actually doesn't do this. In It's not a part of Indian foreign policy. In fact, one of the criticisms of Indian foreign policy by Indians has been they're too docile. 
and now india has upped the ante till the extent of india cancelling visas fresh issuance of visas uh, so sorry daniel if you wanted to visit india you can't right now <clears throat> but uh, that's the stand india has taken and oh, well, then canada in pakistan <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so it, that's where we are at right now. What what I worry about is, <clears throat> I'm sorry about this, but Canada and India. If you look at the trading uh, dynamics too, right? India is number nine when it comes to Canada's trading partners. We're the ninth biggest trading partner for Canada. Canada, on the other hand, is not even in the top thirty of trading partners of India. Point number two, the entire university system of Canada, especially Ontario. In fact, I shared the report by the Auditor General of 2021 for the province of Ontario, which categorically states that 68% of the revenue for the uh, universities of Canada comes from international students, 41 or 42% of whom are Indians. What the hell was Canada thinking? Oh, you think Canada was thinking? This is your problem. Right. They're, they're not thinking. I don't think. I don't think Justin Trudeau can think two steps ahead of, of the consequences of his actions. So yeah, you're right. We can't cancel the visas because our. Well, listen, I. I no, this isn't from a jingoistic point of view. Like cancel the visas because I don't want any more Indians coming in here. It's like, well, if we cancel the visas and the university system collapses, that could help us, right? I mean, like, like the. Sorry, Indian kids coming to Canada. Like, you don't need a political science degree from a Canadian university. It, it, it's it's not the thing it used to be. The inflation in the education market is gone amok, and 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 the universities in Canada are corrupted with the diversity, equity, inclusion stuff, where their budgets blown out on that. So, if the university systems financially collapse, it actually might be a good thing for Western civilization because they might have to cut back on all the administrators and diversity people and all the nonsense BS. Um, you know, sociology, which is just fancy gender studies, and the other gender studies. Uh, stop and go back to math, history, science, philosophy, you know, the classics uh, of the university, and they might need to be reformed. So that's that's my, like, great hope and optimism in this, because, like, I don't see any plausible win for, for Canada here. But the only hypothetical maybe, like, you know, how Mary 2% this could happen is we cancel visas, the university system collapses, and then the universities have to fix themselves. Um, so it's not like I don't want any brown people here. It's like, well, if we could just, you know, if you could take one for the team for a bit um, <laughs> and and just just give us a few years to just, just blow it up and build it back up, and then you can come to a real university um, and, and learn about stuff and things instead of, like, how to become a different gender. Um, you know, so that that's my, like, what, what, what do I think of optimistically at night? Oh, it would be nice if, if Canada gets like a backdoor quasi win through, through some crazy scenario. But, you know, it, again, you're right. Like we don't we don't have leverage over India. That's like the first thing I, I said is like, <laughs> like what am I what the fuck tweet was, you know, this is crazy. Like, you know, batshit insane. And then I it's like we don't have leverage. You can't go against it with, with no leverage. This is I mean. The equivalent I can give you here of just how stupid this is, is imagine going and storming Normandy without any weapons. That was the plan, right? You, if you replace Commander Eisenhower with Commander Trudeau, the first wave gets to Normandy with zero weapons and gets wiped out. And then what do we do with the second wave after watching that happen? No weapons still. And like, so it's like, yes, I'm a Canadian. I'm, I want to defeat the Axis powers. I'm on team allies like India was. Um, like, 
give the guys guns at least. Like, you can't do this. Like, have a plan. You know, have the report ready to go. Wait an extra month. Like, did, did it need to be? Did, did this need to be done right now? Did it really? If you're gonna do it, like, wait another month. Get a rock solid report. Have contact the Americans before you do this. Make sure the Five Eyes support you. Like, build support internationally and then go into it and use leverage because Canada alone has no leverage. This is going to war with a picture of a gun instead of a gun and trying to, you know, show the German troops, look at this, uh, be scared. And, and well, they, like, that that's kind of what's happened in, 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 in this diplomatic spat. And it's, I, I mean, it didn't take a genius to predict that this wasn't going to go well for Canada off the outset. Um, you know, you just had to know a bit about both countries, just a, just a very little bit to, to, to know where this one's going. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I mean, my my doomsday prediction for Canadian uh, diplomacy has started to manifest. Um, and you know, th this is what happens when you vote for ideologues. Justin and Jagmeet are both ideologues. Um, whether it be Kalistani, and I think Jagmeet, and they both have they're both leftist ideologues too. That you know, Jagmeet's going on. You know, he's he, he's he's gonna he's gonna tax the grocery stores and save Canada. Like ideologues can be dangerous when they when they get office because they they have the sense of moral righteousness which i think Trudeau has more than anyone in the world and and this gives them this hubris where they think they can get away with anything and and they end up making decisions that uh, that harm their entire country and and and, and that's where like I, I i get mad i see this as unforgivable like you you have a duty to canada uh and part of your duty as prime minister is to put us in positions to win and succeed and yes i believe in protecting the sovereign integrity of Canada. I want Canada to be a country that is so strong and respected that no country would ever think of conducting a clandestine operation in Canada here. But in order to get there, we have to be able to take care. Like, how did this guy get a visa? We can't have people running around with the kill, kill, kill. Um, we need to be able to take care of that. And listen, if Canada had taken care of the Kalistanis after the Air India bombing, if they didn't let them all out of jail and, and for with, if, if it wasn't one going, one person going to jail for 15 minutes, um, we wouldn't be in this situation. We, we, if we had sort of said, cut it out, like the Kalistani movement, you, you have no credibility in Canada. Yes, you're allowed to advocate for whatever you want, but Kalistan is an enemy of Canada because you conducted a terrorist operation on our soil, the worst one, and continue to assassinate and or attempt to assassinate Indian diplomats and Canadian officials. You have been violent. You've been uh, un-Canadian, so you don't have any legitimacy to me as a Canadian, to the Kalistani movement. And then, again, not see Canadians, whatever. It's like the Kalistani movement in Canada, Kalistan should be no. You, uh, Kalistan is anti-Canadian because they conducted terrorist attacks on Canadian soil. This isn't Brazil where the Kalistanis haven't done anything here. So I understand the Indian government saying Kalistan's bad because they attack us. I get that. But they've also conducted terrorism on our soil against our people. So they are our enemies. Like, it, it, it should be that simple. But the Trudeau government came in, Bill Blair and then Trudeau, they took the Kalistanis off the terrorism list and said replaced it with people who advocate and do violence for Sikh separatism in particular. Like, so they, they, they muddied the waters and, and, and sort of and allowed the Kalistanis to go back on the street with their Kalistani flags. And again, more enabling and more enabling and more enabling has has led for this this problem to get worse and worse and worse and worse. So yeah, again, I want Canada to be strong. I want it to be taken seriously. I don't want I don't want governments to feel like they have to conduct clandestine operations against terrorists in our country. I'd rather this be a country where you know if I was the prime minister, the Indian government could pick up the phone and be like, hey, we got to interpol red notice on this guy. 
and I would see a video of him being like, oh, kill, kill, kill. Yeah, okay, we'll, 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 we'll put a stop to this. Um, that would have been my response. And then we'd have good relations. But we're, again, we didn't tackle our own problems. We let a problem fester for decades. And it, it, was, a, it was a cancerous growth in our society. And it metastasized. It's now out of it. It's now an international problem. So I get it. And the Indian government, it, the way they shut down visas is they're saying, yeah, Canada doesn't have any serious national security screening, which we don't. We don't. We don't. It's, 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 they're, 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 Justin Trudeau is a man who, when the conservatives criticized him for bringing back ISIS fighters, ISIS, he said, you're Islamophobic, because apparently ISIS is the representative of Islam to Justin Trudeau, and quote Justin Trudeau, the reason we need ISIS fighters returning is because they can be a powerful voice for de-radicalization. ISIS fighters will de-radicalize the Islamists. You looked confused. No, 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 you don't understand the plan. Come on. It was a very good plan, and I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Part of the de-radicalization program to de-radicalize ISIS fighters was conducting poetry exercises. This was... <laughs> I have to find... I have to find it somewhere on my old laptop. I have to find it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I once wrote a poem. I, I I actually, when I saw this um, years ago, I wrote a de-radicalization poem. Yeah. I have to find it. Um, yeah. I'll I'll send it to you if you want. But we, I, I, we need we need to read this poetry when I'm back in Toronto in October. We need to read this. Poetry. Yeah. Uh, this no no. But by the way, the program was funded and no poems ever got written. So Canada. Like this is this was a serious Justin Trudeau counterterrorism operation. Bring in the ISIS fighters. Just bring them back to Canada. Read them some poems that we never ended up writing, and that will fix it. So, yeah. Oh, this country needs better visa screening. So, yeah. I, I'm listen. I'm not surprised that a country eventually said no. Uh, we don't trust Canada's visa visa system. We're going to do our own screening because, you know, if we just trust the Canadians. Uh, Calisthenics can come in and out of Canada with impunity, and I actually do think that's there's a, a significant amount of truth to that. That if you do if you do trust the Canadian vetting system, uh, we don't we don't we don't vet for Calisthenics nonsense. Um, and if you're a country that like India, who has a problem with Calisthenics nonsense and violence, um, you would want to do your own screening on people coming into your country. And you know, it's sad. I you know I don't like it. I I, I feel bad for the average you know Hindu Canadian who's got a wedding to go to in Mumbai in eight months and they yeah. want a visa uh, in a month from now, but they like, they, they just kind of procrastinate. Like I, I feel bad. Like, you know, it, it sucks, it's, but it's I'm also, I, I understand where the Indian government is coming from on this because I've been screaming about this for years too. And, and not just on the Kalistani issue. Again, like I wrote, I wrote a poem. In fact, I think I I wrote the only de-radicalization poem in the country because the liberals never got around to it. Why didn't I? Why didn't I get millions of dollars in government funding? You know what? I'm putting this poem out, and I want a million dollars, Justin. Actually, ten point five million dollars. That's how much money he gave Omar Khadr, a convicted terrorist uh, who who killed an American soldier and then was put in Guantanamo Bay by the Americans. And then we just gave him ten and a half million dollars because we're so. If people uh, talking about Canadian vetting, see, I went to Canada to study in 2001 when 9-11 happened, right? So <clears throat> people don't remember the 9-11 bombers, they all entered America from where? From Canada. They all came from Canada. 
they were there in canada and then they came into america most of see people don't realize now there's a good side to it also i don't want to make it all you know canada bashing because in fact i'll tell you one of the most pleasant experiences you have is <clears throat> when you drive from detroit to windsor mm-hmm. you have the most pleasant experience because the canadians are genuinely nice people the immigration system everyone is so nice to you and and you just want to see the other side of it just drive from windsor to detroit where the american immigration is out to eat you up you know it's like it's a privilege to enter the united states of america yeah. kind of a thing and 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 canadians are amazing people but yeah and talking about amazing disclosures i don't know if you've seen this picture i wanted to show it and now then i will stop and take some live viewer questions too so this guess who this is so this is jagmeet singh as people see on the image mm-hmm. and he is you know with whom he's with parvkar dulai he is partying with parvkar dulai and who is parvkar dulai he is the business partner of bhagat singh brar and i'm reading a report from globalnews.ca by the way so he's on a no fly list and so is parvkar singh dulai he's also on the no no fly list and jigmeet singh is partying with them so it's very normal for jigmeet look at him <laughs> he's look at him he's having a good time is it Yeah, they're feeding each other ice cream. It's just random. They don't know each other. They're just acquaintances. They just, you know, sometimes, you know, this is again, this is Canadian media. Jagme would be like, "Yeah, sometimes we just meet people and we feed each other ice cream." You know, romantic stuff. Yeah. That's what I do with all my acquaintances. Yeah, we're Punjabis, right? We're Punjabis. So Punjabis are very, very gracious. We just stuff people with ice cream. But it is what it is. I mean, it's it's a sad scenario. I don't know uh uh so so let's start with the first question. asked by my friend he's in america by the way uh, he asks how cucked is the cbc for trudeau very um there's a picture of rosemary barton when the lead anchor she just loves him they slobber over him so the cbc gets 1.4 billion dollars a year of canadian taxpayer money they slant heavily left um i i i used to do a a a show before the pandemic um where I, on a youtube channel i would call it the worst of the cbc I would watch 1 hour of CBC news that day. Then I would do like a 5 to 10 minute video called the worst of the CBC where I would um do the worst story of the day. So what story did they mess up the worst and then fix it? And then what story did they ignore and should have talked about? And then I rate each hour of the CBC on the Rosemary Barton scale of bias, who is their lead anchor. So 10 Rosemary Bartons is a very biased bad broadcast. One Rosemary Barton is like is 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 good. right so that that was like my thing so very and i made a i made a whole thing of uh, of it so the the cbc is it, it it's it's basically the liberal party's uh, press uh, press secretary all right that's interesting and uh, okay somebody has asked the next canadian election is in 2025 that's two years and it there is a long time in any democracy will this diplomatic episode even be remembered come election time that's a good question This is a good question and and I can't give you a definitive answer to there. I mean, will I remember it? Yeah. I mean, this is uh that there's sort of a cumulative effect though. Like the Canadians don't like being made a fool of in the international. If he loses this, I mean, right now the Canadian media is pretending he's winning, right? Because it's just what we do. But reality will eventually set in. So if he loses this, I I do think it will affect people because Canadians love this as I I might have said to you at some point. Like Canadians love the fact that we are seen as America's reasonable younger brother. Canadians love to tell you that when Americans go traveling they put Canadian flags in their back uh, backpack. 
Canadians love being loved by the world. And we are genuinely kind and, and empathetic people, and we want to be friends with India. We want to be friends with, with, with everyone. So when Justin Trudeau undermines this, this notion of we're this calm, reasonable, well-loved country, that will affect his, his, his votership. Like these sort of liberal elites, you want to call them the urbanites, upper middle class uh, people in Toronto and Ottawa, Montreal, they, they won't like um, the destruction of their soft little um, you know, Canada is so cozy, nothing, nothing bad ever happens here uh, mentality. So I do think it is a human effect, right? This, it will stack on top of a bunch of things. It will stack on the SNC-Lavalin scandal. It will stack on the WE scandal. It will stack on the Emergencies Act scandal. It will stack on the Chinese foreign interference scandal. And it will, it will stack, like, I expect more Trudeau scandals by the time we get to 2025. Like, I think he's going to be kind of in a bit of a party mode in his last year. Like, I, I, I could see him kind of going wild, you know, throwing out contracts to, to friends willy-nilly. Um, so, will will it be remembered? It, it depends just how badly this goes, um, and will fixing the diplomatic ties between India be an election issue? Uh, I think it was. If it was smart, if if uh, if, if they were smart, they would. I mean, I, I had said back in 2019, uh, the Andrew Shear time, uh, he was at he was asked a question like they always ask this question like, "What will you do when you become prime minister?" And I said like, a great answer would have been. The, well, day one, our relationship with India improves. He should have just said that because of the disastrous trip to foolish India. Because Canadians didn't like that. Didn't like him making a fool of himself in in in, in India. Don't 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 be seen as a joke and a laughing stock. Don't make the the world laugh at us. He didn't like that. So if if Shear had just said, well, yeah, day one, uh, relations improve with India. That that would have been a pretty good line in uh, Canadian politics and sort of brought it back up. But often, hopefully, better with Polyev now. Um, they're not great at messaging and uh, throwing shots and, and 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 playing winning politics. So, if it was up to me, and if I if you know, if if I end up getting you know forty million followers and everyone in Canada is following me, yeah, this is going to be an election issue. Um, but if it's if if the mainstream media gets to dictate um, the the pace, uh, again, they're all sycophantic to Trudeau. So this is a story that doesn't look good on him. So I, 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 the media wants to stop talking about this as, as soon as they possibly can. But they can't t- stop talking about it if India is not stop talking about it. Um, so it, again, th- that might have been a bit of a, a complicated non-answer, but I, I hope it was an informative non-answer. No, no, I, I understand. Now, see, this is a very serious question from an Indian who is asking, with the current PM of Canada at the helm, what steps can be taken for the normalization of ties and dialing down from both sides? See, it's very clear. What I appreciate about this question is he's not just saying the Canadian side. He's saying both sides. Even India needs to mm-hmm. tone down a bit. Well, I, I mean, I've been, I try and do that by going on, you know, Indian TV and sort of giving a more of a Canadian. I, I think it's a bit more understanding. Um, you know, I, I mean, the narrative I hope to, to, to get at that I think is the most productive is, this is a Justin and Jagmeet versus India thing and not so much a Canada thing. And I think, um, you know, I, I, there are a lot of Canadians getting involved in, in speaking up. And Canadians are really curious. And like, yes, we like to dig our heads in the sand, but Canadians are actually precocious and do like learning about other cultures and other things. And they're an intel- we're an intelligent people. Like we, Canadians in the right context can be put and do amazing things, storm Vimy Ridge, become, you know, elite shock troop warriors and in, in, in to to help defeat the Axis powers, like Canadians are, are very capable. If when when push comes to shove, and I think the best way is if I, if I was if you're an Indian person, I would I would engage I would encourage you to engage as respectfully of this man as here, you know, with Canadians, feel it out, and and you know again, steel man people's arguments, try and try and try and understand a, a, a bit more of Canada, and 
and I, I, this, is, this is something I can tell you for, for working with different groups, the more you legitimately try to actually understand someone else, listen to their point of view, understand their issue from their perspective and what be, might be an outsider perspective, the more likely that person is to then turn around and be interested in what you have to say and what your particular thing are. So whether that's like I'm Canadian or I'm Jewish or I'm this or that, right? If you want better understanding of people, it, it starts with a legitimate attempt for you. Like if you want someone else to understand you, like the onus is on, on you, I'd say first, to go and legitimately attempt to understand someone else. And that puts them in the best situation to, to listen to you again. So that's that's always been my philosophy on, on, on building ties between people. And I would say this is a Justin and Jagmeet problem or Justin and Hagmeet um, problem. And it, it, it's we're sorry about it. Canadians are always quick to say sorry. Sorry, guys. Mia culpa. I didn't vote for these ding dongs. Um, but, um, you know, uh, they're, 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 they wave the same flag that I do. So. Hey, uh, and can I add on that? Look, I've been visiting Canada since 2001. I've uh, I've gone to many parts of the world. Uh, I'm recording this podcast from the United States of America. So before any American gets offended, no offense intended. I've been to the United Kingdom. I've been to nine Western European countries. I've been to Australia. The nicest Westerners I've met in my life are Canadians. The nicest. Have you been They're to the, the East nicest Coast? people? Have you been to the East Coast? Yes. Oh, yeah. I okay, yeah. That's, that, that's another planet. Yeah. If you don't know the East Coast of Canada, this is real. I've done this. If you stop in the middle of the road, no crosswalk, and you look the other way, all the cars stop in Eastern Canada to let you cross the street. Like you can do that. If you're, if you're Indian and you want to see something hilarious, if you're used to like the, the, the Mumbai, the cars driven by, go to Halifax. Yes. Walk down the street, see some cars, stop, look at the other side of the street and watch traffic stop for you. And you can just do that all day. Be like, where am I? Um, but that's Eastern Canada. Yeah, that's how nice people are. People don't realize these things. Okay, this is a very interesting question. I think this person is following Canadian politics from India and is looking at the current march also that's happening. So this person writes, there seems to be a relationship between runaway vocism in Canada with post-truth culture and subjective assertions being passed off as valid. Uh, do you think it may not be any surprise that Trudeau is less concerned about hard evidence now? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's, yeah, I, I, this person's obviously quite well in depth with what you would call wokeism culture. And, uh, you know, you, you so I, you, you nailed the terminology, buddy. And I think you're right. So, I mean, the gen for I will generalize that, that, that concept. He's basically saying, do you think there's an element of radical leftism driving some of this decision making, which says, um, you know, uh, power is privilege and right. It, it's, it, you know, uh, you know, the, the outcome is more important than let's say the truth, right? This sort of rejection of truth, truth is postmodern, truth is relative. What is, what is, what is important is moral purity and righteousness. Yeah. I do think there's a, a, a strong element of that influencing Justin Trudeau. Uh, Justin Trudeau is a man who often scolds, um, our allies if they have sort of center right governments, right? So when there are governments that are allied with us that don't really go along with this woke stuff, you know, Georgia Maloney in Italy, uh, the Polish uh, prime minister, he'll lecture them in their own countries and hector them, shake, shake, shake. You need more gender studies in, in your kindergartens. Um, but again, this is the same guy who won't shake his finger at Pakistan for, I, I have a list of 4,000 things, but it, like you, you get what I mean. This is, the, the, so yes, 
this is a sort of post, I do think there's a certain element of the post-truth, post-modern, um, you know, and then you add that intersectionality. Like, well, the reason that that these specific minority groups are Pakistan is because they're being oppressed or they're just silly brown and they don't know any better and they were tricked by the British Empire into doing whatever it is they're doing right now. So we can't really hold them accountable for their actions because they, they, they're not really fully functioning grown adults like us here in the progressive uh, circle uh, at York University. Okay, so this is a question again. See, I uh, I have a lot of Canadian followers and uh, Indian followers, so it's it the, the questions are a mixed bag. So so now I'm going Used to, to another it, Indian's question. Used to it, yeah. So uh, so the, this one is from an Indian again because uh, this is a growing concern in India, and a, uh, I think this is also part of a larger victimhood narrative across the world, thanks to the Americans. But uh, in the case of Indians, I think a lot of it is backed by studies now that show that Western media, by and large, is very anti-India. Yes. Now, uh, if you're someone who understands the media landscape, at least in Canada, like how does an Indian actually approach this subject and try to explain to people, listen, we're not evil people that you paint us all the time? Yeah, I mean, I, the reason why I kind of got into Indian politics so hard on the Kashmir thing is when I saw the people, you know, criticizing the Article 370 repeal, like the ISNA, Linda Sarsour, Bernie Sanders, I saw some of the worst people in the world start to hector India. And the way they were doing it, I'm like, oh, this is Palestine. Like, I, I've seen Palestinian propaganda before because, you know, I get the anti-Semitic stuff. Like, is it? I was like, oh, I've, I've seen this before. Okay, I, I know what's going on. I can t detect a, a smear campaign. So then I went and like found out, um, you know, what's actually going on. In the media, it's the same thing where you, you have, let's say in the academic circles as well, right? You have this push where you, you have an, an anti-India element growing. And it, it can be explained through a Western lens better than an Indian lens here. Um, because the, I think you nailed it. This is important, imported American culture war nonsense going on here. But you have the institutions which have been infiltrated by hardline ideologues for decades, okay? We're getting funding from Qatar, from Pakistan, from Iran, from Saudi Arabia, from all these nefarious actors. And yeah, so someone who's associated with Jamaat-e-Islami or Hezbo Tahrir, or when they you know fund Canadian universities, Oh, what are, what's their big problem? Kashmiri human rights. Where? Pakistan occupied Kashmir? No, that doesn't exist. That's just Pakistan, right? No, Kashmir. Like, right, so uh, the way Kashmiri human human rights, you know, works in in uh, in universe, same way the, the Palestinian human rights organizations work, where they're not so much about human rights, but attacking Indians or, or Jews. And this, and they've been infiltrated progressive circles because they learn the language of progressives, right? Cry racism, cry this, cry that. And then you add Modi on top of it. And Modi comes in and, you know, you had been ruled by Congress, which is the left-wing party for a long time. And he comes in and he's right-wing. And that makes him Donald Trump. And by extension, that makes him the devil because that's, you know, the landscape there. So you, you have this confluence of factors where you have, you know, the, the Khalistanis, the Islamists, they're anti-India because, you know, either Kashmir, the Punjabi separation, you know, Pakistani, Pakistan is geopolitically an enemy and Iran you know, another Islamist or uh, uh, the Islamic Republic there. So you, you have these forces for decades been festering up. I, and I don't think the, I think the Hindi community kind of was asleep at the wheel and didn't realize the threat um, of ideological infiltration to the institutions. I can say that because I watched the Jewish community be absolutely asleep at the wheel <laughs> in the face of the exact same problem. So you, I think this is sort of come up where you have this view of India. And 
I can teach you in uh, I can teach a master's level history course in India at your university right now. It's one minute. Indian civilization was founded by the Mughal Empire. Then the British came and they did colonialism, which was very, very, very bad. And all the bad things that are happening in India are because of colonialism. And then there's this guy called Gandhi, and he sat down and he was very nice. So there was a country. And now Modi's in charge, and he's very right-wing, and it's bad, and it's a far-right Hindu nationalist nation. And the real India is, um, is, 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 is more akin to a, a York University's gender studies class than, than these uh, bigots would have you believe. So there you go. You now have a degree in history from York University. And Hindus are casteist. That, that, oh, yeah, that oh, yeah caste system. Yeah, the caste system was there. I forgot. Yeah, the caste system. Yeah. yeah, sorry. You had a, that's the master's level. I gave you an honors yeah. degree and uh, <laughs> and Kajol is giving you the master's level in in, in India. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's frustrating. But, okay, this is another Canadian asking this question. Outside of Surrey and Brampton, do you see now the Khalistanis popping their radical heads in other provinces? This is a concern of a Canadian. Why I'm saying this is recently another gangster was shot in Winnipeg. Now, do you see this network out uh, now popping out and creating problems for Canada even more? Last month, I was in Niagara Falls doing comedy with my, my buddies. Um, we did a great show, sold it out. Yuck, yucks, Niagara Falls, go back to the hotel. We're like, let's rip a podcast. We're doing a podcast. We hadn't eaten comedy. You're on the road. We order some burritos from Uber Eats. The guy, the driver, his name is Fanu, F-N-U. And one of my army goes, yeah, that means he's a convicted criminal, right? They didn't put a name, name not found or whatever. So we joke, this burrito's taking forever to get here. We do the whole podcast before it gets there. My other buddies text him, hey, Fanu, are you? And then... So we're like waiting outside for it. The guy shows up in a, like a rundown car, gets out, guy in a turban, scariest guy you've ever seen, like full of tattoos, like gun tattoos, like on his hands, like dead stare. It's like, this is a Calisthenic gangster or a reformed Calisthenic gangster in Niagara Falls. It's like, like again, name not found. It will read. So yeah, I, I found, I found obviously another one in, in, in Niagara Falls. So that's, that's not Brampton. And that's not Surrey. Um, so listen, if you enable a movement and it's a radical movement that wants to grow, it's going to grow. Like that's nature. Like it, what, what magic, what magic is keeping the Calistanis out of Toronto or out of Ottawa or out of, you know, the Northwest territories or, or, or Alberta. Right. So, yeah. So what this question is again from someone in Canada, uh, in absolute numbers, Hindus are more than the Sikh community in, in Canada. And recently, there was a very disturbing video. I think the question is in that context. So I'm explaining the context. There is a um, extremely disturbing video made by some American Sikh called Pannu, where he says, Indo-Canadians, go back to India. You are this, you are that. And they literally put a target on his head. And the Canadian, uh, I think, Human Rights Center or something had to literally put out a a, a couple of tweets explaining, no, 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 Hindus, you are safe in Canada. Like, like under Justin Trudeau, what the person is saying is, should Trudeau is now at a point that he's clearly alienated uh, the Hindu community. And I'll explain why. Because since the last one year, Daniel, I know personally of eight incidents of actual temple attacks. Mm-hmm. of Khalistanis putting graffiti and writing Khalistan Zindabad, Hindustan Murdabad, I mean, hail Khalistan and uh, down India or India should die. We've seen Khalistanis putting actual targets on Indian diplomats, putting targets on their back, putting their photos, putting their addresses, saying rewards will be given to these people. 
and the hindu now this video comes out after this entire incident so where should the hindu canadians go now like will the conservative party stand up for them or basically there is no hope for uh, hindus in canada i, I do think there's hope I, like i do think the conservative party if if properly motivated if they see an uprise if they kind of i think if the hindu community raises their voice and to a point where they're heard that will bring the politicians to them right because politicians want votes and this is a winning thing for the conservative party right terrorism bad attacks on hindus bad uh, they can win here so I, i do see this is why i was so happy with the, the conference and I, i'm starting to see this more in the hindu community sort of get our voice out there like it's not enough to just have you know a good life get your kids educated get them a good job and go on like you know the night is dark and full of terrors there are bad guys in the world and some of them are malicious and mean you harm and they have to be confronted somehow and you know maybe that's not everyone's job but it, it, you you're you're much more likely to survive as a people society civilization canadians hindus anywhere if you all kind of do your part and stand up for yourselves and it makes it easier for the next person to do so um i'll say one i'm going to give you a bit of a 10 minute warning i got to be i got to be on on tv at 11:30 um but my 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 message of solidarity to canadians and hindus here is it's not just you again i'm jewish i've seen jewish synagogues vandalized consistently the free palestine when george floyd was killed um uh human rights activists broke into a synagogue in montreal desecrated it ripped up a torah flushed it down the toilet because israel was responsible for george floyd but they're not anti-semitic they're just ripping up a torah and flushing it down the toilet inside a synagogue that they vandalized not anti-semitism at all uh in canada we had the um with this thing a bunch of churches were burned down because of this story of of the indigenous kids that ended up being not true and and Justin Trudeau was understanding of why people were burning down churches it's very understandable you burn down a church so it's anyone who doesn't fit within the narrative of of the radical left your 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 most sacred um thing is not safe to you in canada and and it sucks it it does it's, it's horrible and i grew up jewish it, there's always had to been a security guard at every jewish synagogue since i was born right and the canadian government will now protect you from white people which is good but when it's not that simple on, on on the thing and if it's not christian white people attacking you in canada then the canadian government's kind of and the and the justice system the police they don't want to touch it they don't want to get called racist and i mean i speak to so many cops and i've spoke to rcmp people like i've had rcmp people complain to me over the last years they spend more time learning about diversity training than how to uh accurately do intelligence reporting and their jobs and 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 they're beyond it and then the regular cops the beat cops sergeants they all want to retire because like the depolicing the police boards are all ideologically corrupted like you know a peel region police board like i mean it, it's it's there's Well, it's not even it's 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 not even like like just like the ra- like the radicalism it's 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 the head in the sand ideology that that is that is so incumbent like once you get into the political level in policing and almost anywhere in the country there's this notion of, of this cowardice happens like once it like it's you know beat cop good consent to a sergeant good puts it to the lieutenant all right we got a we got a case going against Mr. Kill 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 it goes up to captain this guy has to face the media camera right so that's that's the world we live in and you know what what can hindus do i mean understand you're not alone but find commonality and understand the problem and maybe articulate you know i would i would say make it more broad like 
Talk about synagogues being desecrated. Talk about churches being burned down. Talk about Hindu temples being attacked. And they're being attacked, why? Because the radical left is tolerant of hatred when it, doesn't, uh, when it, when it benefits their narrative. And that's something that a lot of people, Canadians, and, and other people can understand because there's a lot of people who suffer from, from, from the, the intersectional chart. They don't, they, don't, they don't do well on the flow chart and they suffer too. So, you know, build alliances. And the Hindu community, like, understand your strength as, like, a potential ally in, in, the, in the geopolitical current world. Like, there's a billion Hindus. Like, that's important. Like, you know, like, I'll tell you from the Jewish perspective. Like, you know, we're outnumbered by, you know, the Muslims by a factor of a thousand to one, right? 14 million Jews, uh, 1.4 billion Muslims, and, and all the Muslim nations have attacked Israel. We haven't had great relationships for a, a while. And but you could see why we're so out leveraged in, in the international media because it's 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 a billion to one here. You you find allies, you know. Oh, there's a billion people in India. This could level the playing field. Maybe have so, like again, it's it it benefits you guys. So uh, Hindus, Indians, Canadians, just you know, stand up for yourself. Be a bit more vocal. Uh, come to event. Like look for a Hindu organization to join, or look for a non-Hindu that, that organization to join that that fits your values. Like. Get a bit involved. Cowardice is cowardice is contagious, but so is courage. So I would implore you make the decision. You know, choose to to stand up for yourself, and by doing so, you make it easier for the next person. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and you know, it's very interesting. You mentioned this, and somebody had asked the question: Will neo Nazis in Canada be allowed to do referendums to create a white ethno state? Will Trudeau allow that in the name of? Uh, freedom of speech. And I guess uh, you answered it in, in a very good way. Before we wrap it up, Daniel, I'll leave you with the, the last words. So uh, like I said, I love Canada. I love Canadians. So we want India and Canada to have good relations. So from, you know, you're way younger than I am. I've become very old. I got white hair now. I'm 42 years old now. But um, what, what would you say to Indians living in Indian origin people living in Canada who are Canadians or Indians living in India, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I would say one, thank you for the support. It's been it's been really nice in the in the kind messages and um, uh, you know, especially the lack of death threats this time around. It's it's been really good. So last word is trying to understand I, I, as 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 ridiculous as I can be, I hope I hope I can give you some perspective on the Canadian mindset. And, and my advice would be to Generally, try and under, understand us because Canadians are so primed to being empathetic and understanding, and they really, really, really do want to understand you, but also be sensitive of, of where they're coming. Now, also, if it's a radical socialist, okay, whatever, but we're talking about the average everyday Canadian, not chronically online. So get involved, meet other people, just try and be a bit more public and, and be, you know, sort of righteous and honorable in the way you go about it. Don't say, hey, the Kalistanis did this, so we're going to do this back to them, right? You're not going to win that way. The, the, deck, the deck is stacked against you, right? Find a way to make your point clearly, strongly, and in, in a way that can bring other people in. Have a message that goes outside of your particular group so people can glom onto it and then join you. And then when they do, they'll understand you better. And in order to get them to understand you, you have to try and, you know, Understanding is a two-way street. Always keep that in mind. 
it was an absolute pleasure to host you and and i know this will not be our last conversation uh, we're going to be uh, awesome. doing a lot more uh, because i'm going to be coming to canada uh, yeah, only assumption is justin trudeau bans me from coming from canada i'm assuming that's not going to happen but uh, i look forward to hopefully meet you before i go to uh, in uh, in toronto in and around toronto again and uh, every year yeah, we, we should something. plan to do something let's just try maybe we'll try and do something live let's Host an event. Yep. Let's let's yell. I yeah, mean, let's let let's let's uh, let's entertain some Canadians. Uh, what I like about you is you're from a comedy background, so you have humor. You don't take yourself seriously. I try to take not, myself not so seriously too. As you saw in my Kona talk, I was like, I don't want to be serious, man. I, people take themselves too seriously, and uh, and I I love India. I love Canada too. I I, I like human beings in general, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming, brother. Uh, thanks so much for having me. All right, guys, we'll wrap today's podcast up. Once again, in the description of the podcast, all of Daniel's social media details are there. So I would urge all of you go follow him on social media. And uh, as you guys know, this is a member-driven podcast. I am able to do what I want to do is because of you, the members. So if you can, please support my podcast. Please become a member. If you want to buy the Charbuk Podcast merch, go to kushalmehra.com. Or if you can't do any of that, just like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave the comments. If you're an audio listener, leave a rating on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.